And now, live from Level 5 Productions on the island of Milleronia, it's The Larry Miller Show! Good evening, Mr. and Mrs. America, and everyone who had his first drink at 21. Hi, folks, and welcome back to The Larry Miller Show. I'm Larry Miller, but in a way, aren't we all? And boy, oh boy, it's a beautiful day here on Milleronia. It's gorgeous. Yes, I know. I take care of the weather, and I always insist that it's beautiful, but it still doesn't matter. It still means something to say it is gorgeous today, and it really is. It's warm and clear and wonderful. Whew. It's 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 great to be here again. And Colonel Jeff, of course, is here. He took his three helicopter rides to get here and other things. Never mind what else it takes to get to Milleronia. Someday, folks, someday you'll be here, too. I bet. I'll betcha. And boy, oh, again, that music uh, makes me feel so good. And Colonel Jeff, too, makes us feel great. And that, of course, is the Miguel Ferrar Orchestra and the Mary Tyler Moore Dancers featuring boy tenor Jim Broderick asking the musical question, Are vegetarians allowed to attend a meet and greet? No, Jim, they're not. I'm going to say that as bluntly as possible because they're not. We all love vegetarians, and I think they do. I I really admire them a lot, and I think, well, let's be honest, we could all, you and I folks, could all do with a little more vegetable and a little less gigantic hunks of meat. But you know what? They're vegetarians, so they, sh- they should not be allowed to attend a meet and greet. Because, uh, first of all, yes, there is the word meat there, as Jim pointed out. And, and the word meat, they, they, they would be a little annoyed by the word meat. And you, we can't change meat and greet. And the, uh, and the plain fact is, folks, it's far more important than that. All good meat and greets have buffets. And you don't want vegetarians calling up beforehand and saying, would you mind not putting out the pigs in a blanket? And you you don't want them pointing at someone else's plate and saying, is there shrimp in those? And the plain fact is, you know what? All good vegetarians could have, could have well, get-togethers of their own. And they could call them get-togethers. They don't need to annoy themselves by calling it a meet-and-greet. And they can put out anything they want. And uh, vegetarian food is actually delicious when it's well-made. It's It's wonderful stuff. And you and I could uh, do with a good deal more of it. And then after that, after that event, after the get-together with the vegetarians, well, you and I could go to a bar and eat some of their buffet, have some chicken wings and such, and uh, no, I don't want everyone to get annoyed, but that's what we could do. And in fact, that's what we would do. And uh, so (laughs) there, thank you, Jim. Good question. Are vegetarians allowed to attend a meet and greet? No. Anything else? Yes. And by Amazon and PayPal and the Larry Miller Store. Amazon is still one of the greatest companies in the world to me, and, and where you can get anything you want. 
except, of course, an actual Amazon. And if you're going to shop at Amazon, what you do is go to our website first at LarryMillerPodcast.com. Who's on the mountain? Tom Mix. <laughs> Boy, that feels that feels like another. Gee, I'm sorry. I should have had the fish. That that burrs. Oh, good lord! I'm I'm sorry. Was that you, Uncle Pete? In any case, folks, go to Amazon. And what you do is you go to our podcast, LarryMillerPodcast.com, and we have a banner that says Amazon, okay? And you click that banner, and we'll take you to Amazon. You can go take a nap in a lazy boy chair if you want, but we'll get you there, and uh, we'll take you there. Yeah, and there, you can buy whatever you like. It doesn't cost you anything extra, and Amazon always sends us a little bit of dough. They send us a percentage of whatever you do order, and we use that money, as you know, or as you ought to know, we put that in our giant steel box, and we use that for our next big fancy fried chicken dinner and two drinks beforehand in a different place. And that's a nice afternoon meal for me and Colonel Jeff. And yes, it's true, the last two times for Dr. Chris. And uh, if he's free from his, uh, well, his clog dancing classes at the University of Solvang, which is a real place that's, you know, Dr. Chris works very hard at this. So you know what? That's what we'll do. And so you go to Amazon. And by the way, you know what? Go to PayPal the same way. PayPal has a banner on our website, too. That's, you know, yeah, that's LarryMillerPodcast.com. Who's on the mountain? Tom Mix. Oh, I am sorry. <laughs> oh, good Lord. Well, I think we're all awake now. <laughs> that's another great sound effect. Yikes, that's a tuba or something. That's a that's a deep instrument. Or you should have had the fish. <laughs> Either way. <laughs> and uh, you know what? Amazon, oh, PayPal's a terrific group. You feel like you're saving the whole world when you work with PayPal. So you know what? Do that. Click our banners, Amazon, PayPal, and that will be, by the way, that can also get you, our website can also get you to the Larry Miller store. They, you know what, you can click on the store link on our website. And the reason I said it slowly there is because I don't know what that means. So, you know what, it's there though. Colonel Jeff says it's there, and I trust him. And uh, you click on the store link on our website and go to the Larry Miller store. Folks, it's great. It's great. We have so many great t-shirts and so many great things to get for you and for the family and for your friends. They make terrific wedding gifts, by the way. No, they don't, actually. But <laughs> you know what? Give it a try. And uh, our, by the way, our uh, favorite item is uh, we now have one for doggies that says, Keep Calm and Larry On. And yes, you put it on a little doggy. And uh, Jeff told me, by the way, the colonel just said before, before we went on the air here, he said, by the way, and I don't want to say this too loud to make Maggie mad, but he ordered one of those for Ozzy. So Ozzy can wear that, and we could take a picture and show you on the website, but Ozzy could have 
the little doggy sweater thing. And uh, it will say, you know, keep calm and larry on. And uh, and that'll be nice. And as as the colonel pointed out, you know, you don't... The word calm is not one you pick when you're describing Maggie. You know, bless her heart and everything, but she's... Uh, if we had one that said, kill everything, that would be uh, good for Maggie. Uh, the Larry Miller store has some great stuff, and go there. You won't be sorry, and buy things, and we won't be sorry. And that brings me to Miguel Ferrar and Mary Tyler Moore. They both passed away, God bless them, within the last week, within a handful of days. And they deserve mention. Miguel Ferrar was, as everyone says, was a terrific guy. And, by the way, the son of Jose Ferrar, one of the greatest actors we've ever made, and of Rosemary Clooney who was, oh, well, I'm completely in love with Rosemary Clooney, and I have been since I was a kid, and uh, she's not only a fabulous singer, but she's gorgeous. I mean, she's crazy pretty. Uh, she's just gorgeous with with beautiful blonde hair and, uh, well, and uh, a very womanly figure, very womanly, the kind uh, my dad would say, God bless her, she's a healthy kid. And... Uh, well, I absolutely do. And by the way, she's George Clooney's aunt. So this is a talented family we're talking about here. And Miguel, God bless him. What a great actor and a fine fellow, a good man. And I'm sorry you've passed on, Miguel. But, well, I think, uh, I think you'll be forever hanging out with your dad and your mom in a great place. And uh, I don't mean just our studio, I mean in heaven. So uh, thank you, Miguel, and rest in peace. Be well. And Mary Tyler Moore, holy mackerel, folks. You know, what a talent. What what a woman. Uh, born in 1936. And uh, that means she was 24 when the Dick Van Dyke show First premiered, and she was playing his wife, Laura Petrie, which I think, by the way, is one of the great names on television. Rob and Laura Petrie. You know, is that's a terrific name. To uh, Most names on TV, I, I think I've mentioned this before, and movies, too, don't sound that great because the writers, I think, try to make things up that don't quite, quite work, that, you know what... To me, made-up names always sound like Dave Wilson. And, you know, you close one eye and you kind of, uh, it's just, uh, doesn't sound quite like anything. But Rob and Laura Petrie, I think, is a great TV name. And uh, I'll bet you that was something Carl Reiner came up with because he created that show and he wrote it. And uh, boy, oh boy, he wrote the, <laughs> and it was based on, by the way, his life writing for the Sid Caesar show, uh, the show of shows, I guess it was called, right? And that's a good title, too, come to think of it, the show of shows. Uh, it doesn't matter what that means. I don't know what it means, but it's it's clever. Oh, the show of shows. Honey, come on, this is not, no, it's not a regular show. It's the show of shows. And uh, Mary Tyler Moore, God bless her, as Laura Petrie, and so many other things. Good Lord. 
her television show, the Mary Tyler Moore show, was terrific. She was great. And what a cast that had. You know something? I think everyone on that show had a spinoff series that was terrific. Very successful. Valerie Harper as Rhoda and Cloris Leachman as Cloris. I think I can't remember the name of the show. And Ed Asner as uh, the Lou Grant. That's right. And uh, But in any case, folks, Mary Tyler Moore, God bless her. You know, uh, she was so good on that show, on the Dick Van Dyke show. And by, yes, and gorgeous. I mean, just gorgeous beyond sanity. I mean, she's just holy mackerel pretty. And she was so beautiful, in fact. That couple, by the way, everyone would say at the time, or reviews would say, they got great reviews, and the reviews would say they're just, boy, they're just a great American couple. They're just like a the boy and girl next door. And, and they, they are. You know what they were? They were not only a great American couple on that show, but they were a gorgeous American couple on that show. Mary Tyler Moore was gorgeous. And, it's, you know, so was Dick Van Dyke. I've gotten to know him and through doing benefits with him and other things with him. And uh, it's it's so interesting. He's, you know, so, yeah, he's gorgeous. And what's interesting is, not to me, but, uh, I mean, he's still, I'm sure he's gorgeous to some of you out there, a bunch of you out there, all of you out there. And uh, boy, oh, boy, God bless her. She was great. She's worth mentioning and saying Thank you, Mary. Thank you very, very much. And that brings us to my favorite part of the show, the joke of the week. (laughs) The bongo drum of the week, or of the year. Folks, here's a good joke. The Colonel and I both like this one, and we hope you do too. Uh... A young man, well, he's a 30, 35-year-old man, I guess, and he's uh, he's got a good job and a good company, and he's getting good promotions. And he starts going out with a very pretty young blonde woman, and they're going out not so long, about a month and a half or so, or two months. And uh, they're doing very well, though. They like each other a lot, and they, they care about each other a lot. And she calls him one afternoon and just says, well, hi, uh, what's up? And she says... Uh, this is going to sound crazy. I just, I, I, I'm just going to say it, you know, because it may sound witty. He said, please, honey, you know what? Just, just tell me what's going on. And she said, well, I, I like puzzles and I, I wanted to do uh, this, this puzzle and I, I can't make heads or tails of it. I, I just, I'm not getting anywhere with it. And I, it's been bugging me. And I started yesterday and I, then I just left it there on the, on the coffee table, but then I said, I can't can do this. I, you know, when I, 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 so I got up today and I, I couldn't, I couldn't do it any better. I, I just can't make heads or tail of it. And, 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 and he says, all right, right, relax. And she says, what, what are you? He says, you know what? I'll, I'll come over. Let me do that. Let me just come over. I'll be there in about an hour and uh, just, just take it easy. I'll be right there. He goes over there and, uh, she lets him in her house, of course, and just, uh, and says, uh, takes him over into the living room there where that, there's the coffee table. And, uh, he said, what, what, what is that supposed to be? What, what, what kind of animal is it supposed to be? And she said, well, there's 
a rooster on the box. So I just, you know, I assume uh, it's, it's about a rooster. It's supposed to look like a rooster, and I can't do it. I can't, I, I can't do anything with it. And I just, frankly, I'm getting um, all all nutty about it. And he said, just look, I'm here. You know what? Relax and sit down. I'll make us both a drink. You take it easy. And she said, what about the rooster? And he says, oh, don't worry. After our drink, we'll both put the cornflakes back in the box. <laughs> we like that. That's nice and silly and uh, and cute. So if you do like that, if you like that too, pass it along. Yes, pass it along. And, uh, and uh, you know what? And you can put those cornflakes back in the box too. That's cute. As I've said many times, there are there are many different kinds of great jokes and good jokes, and and silliness is a wonderful kind. It's it's not a silly kind. It's a very inventive kind, and that one's good and silly. And that takes me to my second favorite part of the show, the poetry corner. Sounds like that that fellow with the cough had too many cornflakes himself today. I think he should wash those down with a with a gallon of moonshine. I don't know what a gallon of moonshine would look like, by the way. I've I've had I I'm not sad to admit. I'm not sorry to admit. I've I've had some moonshine, and uh, which is of course illegal liquor. I don't know why I say of course, but it is. Maybe you've had some too, and it'll it'll make you think. And I'll tell you that. You don't need a gallon of that to get going. You can just turn the key and listen to the engine start up. At any rate, uh, this, is, uh, this is a poem by the great Edgar Albert Guest. I've read from him before. He lived 1881 to, eight, to 1959. And he was a newspaper reporter who became a very popular poet. And he he's great with words, and uh, and he's great with uh, affection, too. And this is a poem of his called Father. My father knows the proper way the nation should be run. He tells us children every day just what should now be done. He knows the way to fix the trusts. He has a simple plan. But if the furnace needs repairs, we have to hire a man. My father, in a day or two, could land big thieves in jail. There's nothing that he cannot do. He knows no word like fail. Our confidence he would restore. Of that there is no doubt. But if there is a chair to mend... We have to send it out. All public questions that arise, he settles on the spot. He waits not till the tumult dies, but grabs it while it's hot. In matters of finance, he can tell Congress what to do, but, oh, he finds it hard to meet his bills as they fall due. 
It almost makes him sick to read the things lawmakers say. Why, father's just the man they need. He never goes astray. All wars he'd very quickly end, as fast as I can write it. But when a neighbor starts a fuss, tis mother has to fight it. In conversations, father can do many wondrous things. He's built upon a wiser plan than presidents or kings. He knows the ins and outs of each, and every deep transaction. We look to him for theories, but look to Ma for action. <laughs> That's pretty good, isn't it? He's... Dad is great. This fellow's father is great. But, yeah, you know, he doesn't well in certain other things. He, well, if there's a fist fight on the block, you probably want to call Ma. And uh, she can settle that right away. And uh, not by chatting about it. She'll just march up and say, all right, who started this? Was it you, Bill? Come here. I'm going to end it. Pow! <laughs> in any case... I hope you like that one, folks. Edgar Albert Guest and the poem Father. And that brings me to my third favorite part of the show. M-M-M. Ordinary people. Oh, sorry. Sorry. And that brings me to my third favorite part of the show. M-M-M. Triple M, the magic movie moment. Oh, this is a good movie too, folks. In fact, it's a terrific movie. And it's called Ordinary People from 1980. And what a cast. Donald Sutherland and Timothy Hutton and Judd Hirsch, directed by Robert Redford, which was... Both the Colonel and I think his first movie that he directed. And mainly, it has a magically great Mary Tyler Moore as a troubled woman much more tightly wound than we all expected. She always wanted to perform in that way and get parts and big parts like that in movies and, and TV shows where, well, she could be the, this. This was a troubled woman. And uh, she was as tense as could be. And she was on the surface. She was very nice. But we could see as the audience, terrific acting. And we could see that, wow, right underneath the surface was, was uh, well, choppy water. And she was nominated for Best, Best Actress that year for the Academy Awards. And just lost out to... Sissy Spacek for, uh, oh, good Lord, the uh, where she plays the coal miner's daughter, and uh, which is also a terrific, terrific movie. And Sissy Spacek is a great actress. But boy, oh boy, folks, Mary Tyler Moore in Ordinary People was worth that nomination, and she did a wonderful job. And the magic to me today in her part, is the fact that the way she did it throughout the whole movie, it's not just a special scene, it's not just a special plot point, it's that the whole part for her 
moves us and makes us all, you and me both, makes us all watch Mary Tyler Moore and think, wow, she's really good. She is really, really good. And she sure was, folks. God bless her. She was so good in everything she did. And in marriage, and she she had a son who was accidentally killed, in fact, and uh, really in a very young in life. And you know what? I'm proud to say it, though. Miguel Farrar and Mary Tyler Moore, both wonderful. And today, Mary Tyler Moore deserves a real tip of the hat for a magic movie moment. Now, what, and what do, when, do we know when things are great? I did this past weekend because I was working with Jerry Seinfeld. And this was for three shows in Clearwater, Florida. Uh, one show on a Thursday night and one show uh, the next night. Two shows on the Friday night following. We're friends, not just show business friends. I mean, we're, we're close friends. We have been since the day we met. And uh, it's great to see him again. And as you well know, good Lord, he can work some of the biggest theaters all across the United States and Canada, many places, all through Europe. He's been and he's going to be in Australia soon, in fact. But the point is, boy, I love getting together and we get on a plane. So what's good in life? To get on a plane and they were terrific shows. And I'm proud to say that. I don't think it's... I think don't think it's wrong to say I did a terrific job opening the show there, and it means a lot to me. And uh, because you know what, uh, sometimes if you don't work all the time, you can get less good. There's a friend of mine uh, named Itai who's a jazz trumpet player, and uh, he always said to me, he said, "There's an old saying for trumpet players that." Uh, if you don't practice on any given day, that night in the show, you notice. And if you don't practice for a second day, the audience notices. And uh, I hope you see the wisdom in that the same way the colonel and I do. That's pretty good and pretty true. In any case, these were terrific shows and three nights in the same place, which meant a lot. This is in Clearwater, Florida, and uh, normally if if Jerry goes out, well, he has one or two or three theaters in a row, one night in each one, one show or two shows, and uh, then we all get on the plane. It's a private plane. After the show, kind of jog down the ramp there in the back of the theater and into the limo and on to the plane. the private plane airport, which is a wonderful place to go, and so right after the show, we don't we don't go out. You don't don't even change clothes right away. Just get on the plane with your bag, and you can change clothes on the plane or or fly in your underwear if you want. I've done that, by the way. <laughs> it's a bunch of private plane. If you can't fly in your underwear, then when can you? And uh, in any case, it's so much better to be. Well, in one place for three nights, and on the on, after the first night, on the first show, which was a Thursday night, one show, we, all the three of us, just drove back to the hotel 
in our fancy suits and went right back up to the 14th floor where we were staying. And we all just popped into the rooms. Folks, this is great. You take your suit off. You don't, you don't have to run anywhere. You take your suit off and you hang it up and you let it press itself out and you hang up your dress shirt and the tie and the fancy shoes, show shoes. And, uh, well, then you wash up and a good wash up. I mean, you wash your hands and face and head. And I mean, you just wash. And this is washing. This is like a really good washing for dinner. Because what we did is, then you wash up, dry off, and you, whoa, does that feel good? You all know what I mean. You wash up and you feel crisp like that. And then we slid on. We all happen to put the same thing on. A pair of jeans and another uh, button-down Brooks Brothers shirt. And tuck it in and slip on my topsiders and just strolled out. Our, uh, our rooms were all on the same floor there, and we smiled at each other and just walked, strolled to the end of the floor past the elevator there because they had a restaurant on that floor that was open late called Armani's. And uh, yes, it was that Armani. And as I've remarked before, I love that name because because that's the, that's the guy who says, that's where your money is our money. And at any rate, we we had a great meal and we had the time to have it. And the three of us like being together and wow, and you can, uh, the waiter can suggest something and uh, not surprisingly, you know, uh, well, folks get to know you out there and uh, from all the things I do that I love doing very much, but goodness sake, folks, when Jerry walks into a restaurant like that, as you can imagine, everyone there just glances up and says, holy mackerel. And we had a great meal together in our comfy clothes, all cleaned up. That was really something. And then afterwards, we went back to Jerry's room, which is the, as I call them, that's the King Farouk suite. And those are the really nice rooms, really nice hotels have. This was the Grand Hyatt, by the way, where they frankly love using the word grand. Any place you call up there, that you call the operator. It's the uh, Grand uh, Grand Hyatt operator and that she says. And they do that anyway. Well, room service, uh, Grand Hyatt room service. And I, I've, I've said to them before down there, if you see someone, I've, I've smiled and said, you know, oh, do they... They make you say grand there. That's kind of the big thing. And they look nervous. They look like you were a border control agent who just caught them. And uh, but and yes, that's the truth. They want to, hi. It's a great operation, and they want to say grand. They want it to be grand, and they want you to know it. So at any rate, folks, we went into uh, Jerry's room there, and uh, Kevin, the producer of the shows, was there. There's the three of us, and those are pretty nice rooms. They have a big. Well, big everything. And uh, Kevin brought out some cigars, and he and Jerry had one. I did not because it's probably still not the right time after my gigantic brain injury to have, uh, well, a huge cigar that looks like, well, uh, Hillerich and Bradsby baseball bat, you know. But they had a good time with it, and we and we talked and talked till. Oh, about one in the morning there. 
And that was ready for all of us. That was the right time. Say, all right, you know, let's let's get going. Let's get to sleep because we always, always, it's tradition on his shows that you know, he always calls a friend uh, like me up and says, come on, let's go out for this one. And the next day, we always have a 9 a.m. breakfast. We meet in his room. Then we go downstairs, have a good breakfast, and go right to a local movie theater where they've set it up. They've arranged for us to see a movie, a movie that they're showing or a movie that they have from the past or that they just got. And this is, uh, and by the way, he, he pays for this. You know, they don't just hand it out to him. He pays. There's no one else in the theater. And it's about 1130 in the morning now. And we watch a movie. And they'll cook up some popcorn there at the big counter. We always have some of that. I don't even know why, but they're nice enough to make it. And a, and a cold bottle of water. And we saw The Founder this time. The new Michael Keaton movie. He's great in it. The Founder. And it's about Ray Kroc. Uh, from McDonald's, the uh, the founder of McDonald's, but uh, and the guy who grew it all into, boy, you know they have some uh, uh, data they show you there, statistics that one percent of the world's population eats at McDonald's every single day. Now that's a heck of a number, folks, isn't it? I mean, one percent. Whoa, whoa, it's a lot of people every day. We, and we like the movie a lot. You go see it. You'll see that it's a, it's a good movie. Interesting. Worth talking about. And then by the time we leave the theater, and we always toss out our popcorns, by the way, because you really don't eat that much. You have, like, you know, one handful of popcorn. And you say, oh, you know what? That's enough. Because you just had breakfast. But after that movie, so now it's about one thirty. And uh, we went out for lunch. We always go out for lunch to a nice place. And then after that, boy, drive back in the in a fancy, nice car. Someone drives you back to the hotel. And, well, you can sit together again and chat. I chatted with Jerry for a little bit there. But by, I'll tell you what, by around quarter to three, it's time. Remember, we had two shows that night. So by around quarter to three, he and I were both getting pretty tired. And uh, so we stopped making out, and uh, I just wanted to see if he was still listening. <laughs> so we were chatting, and we just said, you know what, time to take a little nap, and that's true. So I went to my room, and he went into his, and uh, and uh, you know what, this boy, is that a good sleep? Is that a good nap? You get up at quarter to five, and because uh, we were meeting at 6.30 for the first show to go over to the theater. And uh, so if you're if you're starting to get ready by 5 o'clock or 10 after 5, oh, is that plenty of time? And once again, you get clean and you get all brush, brushed up. I mean, uh, like with army brushes. Those, those oh boy, those, uh, those big tough scrub brushes. And shave and, and get all ready, put on your fancy show clothes again. And, and we all meet in Jerry's room and go and did two shows. That were just terrific. And you know what? That night after the show, we uh, drove, uh, Kevin and I drove Jerry to the local airport, the private airport there, where uh, so he could get home and, uh, well, see the family the next day, and uh, which, of course, is the center of, of life, isn't it, folks? 
And at any rate, you know, then we went back to the hotel, Kevin and I, and by now it's, well, it's almost one in the morning again, and he and I were catching the car at 7.30 in the morning to go to the airport, same airport in Tampa, and uh, to go home. And folks, so I got into my room about one o'clock, and I'm telling you this because I uh, got hung up everything again, and just washed up and brushed my teeth and all the all that good stuff, and put on my sweatpants, pajamas, and my uh, t-shirt top, and got into bed, and I slept for about an hour. And but the reason I'm telling you this is, at three in the morning, I woke up and I felt fine, and I. Just, you know, I'm in the bed there, and I thought, Giles, let me just turn the TV on. It's, uh, it was, I said, three, three in the morning, and I, I turn it on. What do you think comes on? Seinfeld. His show, that terrific show, his great show. And this episode was a show about a doorman in New York City. And that was a part I played. It was a wonderful show. And you think to yourself again, how do you like that? What are the odds of that? You just turn it on on a lark, and it's not only Jerry's show, which is great, but it's a show you were in. And I said, how do you like that? And I watched that episode till 3.30, and another Seinfeld came on right after that, by the way. And, uh, uh, oh, I started, well, the TV's on. You know how that feeling goes. As long as it's on, you leave it on. But... I just watched, oh, five or six minutes of it and said, I think, I think it's time to turn the TV off. I'm getting the, the wake up call was for 6.30 in just three hours, a little less than three hours. So I didn't. Well, we got up and Kevin and I went to the airport. The hotel folks were so nice. In fact, they were grand. And, uh, they got me to the airport with Kevin. And we got home just fine. And you know what, though? Boy, oh boy, to have that dinner at Armani's and to have it everywhere. That's, to me, I think you probably feel the same way. That's a fancy stay. You know, if someone says to me, hey, have you ever been to a French hotel or gone to see a, something in New York and and stayed at a fancy hotel there and I know that's 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 dandy and I know it's grand so to speak but I mean that's not the best thing in the world to me to me to do this to be with a couple of friends and one of your oldest friends and to talk shop and to walk around and to have a dinner the way we did and to do great shows well folks that's pretty good and if you know it when it's happening, that's even better. And uh, here's something to know when it's happening. My uh, my oldest son, who is a Marine, as I've told you, and he's deployed and uh, he's on duty in the Middle East. And uh, his birthday was yesterday. And... He turned 21 yesterday, and I, uh, well, you know what, uh, that's just wonderful, and, uh, well, we, we texted each other back and forth, and with my wife, and she texted, I texted, our other son texted, and you know what, 
it was just very meaningful. And I, I, uh, to be honest, I was worried about him. He's 21 now, you know, worried about him going out for a drink with some of his platoon mates, his buddies there. But as Colonel, Colonel Jeff pointed out, look, he's in a part of the world where there's no alcohol for 3,000 miles. And he's right. And uh, that made me feel better. I don't, you know, I didn't want him going into town, whatever that means. You can put that in quotes. Going into town, you know, where he is. And uh, who knows what they'd give him. Who knows, you know, what the, what the, what the women are like there and what group they're in. Or, you know, it just didn't strike me as, well, uh, you know, uh, it's my 21st birthday. You know what? Just stay on the base. Because anyone bad who comes by, you can kill. <laughs> that's, and that's, after all, well, why you're there. But, you know, uh, and I thought, well, so they, there's no alcohol for there. And then I was talking to the colonel uh, after that, and I said, well, well, wait a minute. You know, he's he's a Marine. He's on a walled-in base with a zillion other Marines in a war zone at war. Are you telling me the Marines on that base don't have, you know, bourbon and beer? Shouldn't they have bourbon and beer there on the base? Don't they have to? Isn't that a rule? I mean, that you need bourbon and beer? Or couldn't he go to the NCO club, the non-commissioned officers club? And I, you know, uh, and uh, I don't know. And I, and I wondered about that. But I thought, and the colonel thought too, and maybe you're thinking too, don't they have to have that there? I mean, you're Marines at war, and shouldn't you have a big steak and a couple of beers? But in any case, so I'll I'll be talking to him, you know, later, and, uh, you know, I don't know what I'll say. That uh, Hey, did you have a good birthday? Did you a lot of laughs with your friends and, uh, I don't know, go somewhere and get Loaded? I don't know. Did you do that? I wouldn't say that because I th- I don't think that's the best thing to say. <laughs> if he, we, he and I are always completely honest with each other. But you know what? I'm just glad. Oh, thank God, he's okay. And uh, I don't know what just to say. Did you go in town? Because I don't think that's a good idea. And on the base there, they don't think that's such a good idea either. And I don't think they do that at all. Because town, once again, is in quotes. And, I, you know, I'd like to... You didn't go in town to meet girls, did you? And uh, then Colonel Jeff said to me that, uh, okay, look, he's 21 now, but don't you think he's probably had a few drinks already every now and then? And, uh, well, yeah, I mean, he... I've, I, I, I know that, not... I mean, just a, a, a couple here and there, rarely, but, you know, uh, only six nights a week. But, I mean, you know, no, I mean, very, very r- rarely. I've told you folks stories already about him coming home from base with a few of his Marine pals and on a holiday and like a three-day weekend, and they all stay here on couches or curled up on a club chair. And uh, we love those guys, you know. We uh, And my wife always says that, you know, Always tells me that uh, she's making them a big marine dinner, and and uh, she always says tells me to go out and get a you know get a case of beer, and uh, while she's cooking dinner, and 
And so I do. I get, you know, a case or or two of beer. And uh, I always get Miller, by the way. I mean, why not? Come on, seriously. If you're... Come on, why not? If your name is Weldenheimer and there's a big beer called Weldenheimer's, wouldn't you get it? Wouldn't you get that one? You know, but I... I've been thinking about this for a little bit. I and uh, not because he's deployed, but on his twenty-first birthday, I thought, you know what? There are places around here I'd like to stand him his first pint when he gets back. I mean, a pint of Guinness by that. And uh, there are a couple of places, and uh, they're good places to be. One uh, one was uh, where I accidentally cracked my own head open on the sidewalk but you know what no oh, thank god i'm uh, i'm better and i have been i was better i was very lucky after after god yelled at me for a while and that's something you don't need you don't need god yelling at you by the way you can probably agree with that but i'd like to take him into this uh this one place and stand him his first pint Maybe two or three in the afternoon, and uh, oh, he'll be back, you know, and uh, and then to say, you know, to everyone there, you will get that first pint, and uh, well, uh, I might have one with him, and uh, if there are a bunch of other folks in there, say five or ten other folks in the afternoon sitting there, I'd like to get them one too, and just say to them. Well, folks, this is my son, the Marine, and he's back from duty, and I'm standing him his first pint. Would you like to join us? And I'd like to buy them one, too. And, uh, well, I don't know about you, but that sounds pretty good to me. We don't have to have another one. You know, <laughs> he would know that anyway. And, we, you know, because, well, my wife would be making him another big marine dinner just for him and for us. And, uh, you know, he, he he might not mind another pint, you know, or having two or even three. But I would, you know, I, I, I think that uh, I wouldn't mind. He wouldn't mind. The other guys in the bar wouldn't mind. I think his mother would mind. I think she, if we walked in with slightly red eyes so she can just look at me. God bless her, I love her to pieces, but boy, oh boy, I wouldn't like that look. Of, uh, well, nice going, Dad. But uh, I know that that'll be a great afternoon. And you and I know the same things anyway, folks. Homer is Homer, and Pluto is a planet. So remember, as always... If you walked out of bed today and had a job to go to and a home to come back to and someone there who cares about you, folks, the game's over and you've won. So have a pint with your own loved ones, and we'll see you here next time. <laughs>